Welcome to the First Pres podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. Hallelujah. Woo! You know, this choir, they, they put in a little bit of time to, to provide things like that for us. <laughs> and we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Friends, turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 1. We're going to read together Luke chapter 1, verses 11 to 25 this morning as we continue in our series, Time for Joy. And we're looking at uh, time... Uh, time for joy, joy to share. Let's look together at Luke chapter 1, verses 11 to 25. And as we turn to the scriptures, let's open our hearts in prayer. Lord, would you please help us to know and understand and believe your holy word. We haven't come here to talk to one another, Lord, or to listen to the musings of our own minds. We have come to hear your word. In your mercy, speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name. And the people said, Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 1 at verse 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar in, of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple for he kept making signs to them but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. This is the word of the Lord. And we are grateful. Amen. Time for joy, joy to share. Joy is a resource undiminished in its giving. Joy is a resource undiminished in its distribution. If I have a, a lovely fruitcake, 
and I give you half of it, I have half as much fruitcake, which doesn't mean a thing to me because I don't like fruitcake. So let's get real. If I have a pound of fudge <laughs> and I give you half of it, I have half as much fudge, which will truly make me sad. But joy isn't like that. Joy is a resource undiminished in its giving. Most things that we give, that's what they're like. You, I have less because I give some away. I, I, I share my resources, and that means diminishing my own stores. Giving most things costs you something. You don't know that right now because you've put all of your Christmas giving on your credit cards. But let me play Dave Ramsey with you for just a minute. The bill is on the way. But friends, joy isn't like that. Joy is an amazing resource. It is undiminished in its distribution. It's, it doesn't go in half when you give half away. In fact, it's the opposite. Joy doubles in giving it away. When you share joy, it multiplies. I just think that's profound. There aren't very many resources like this in life. And joy, share, joy shared is joy multiplied. But do we know how to share the joy of the gospel? Do we know how? See, sometimes when we, we want to share what matters most to us with those who matter most to us, something gets in the way. And it just doesn't go very well. We either clam up or we wish we would have. We either don't say anything at all or we say something that we wind up later on regretting. How do we share the joy of the gospel? Joy is something to share. And today's the day to share it. Here's the account of Zechariah the priest. We talked uh, about Elizabeth about two weeks ago, his wife. And if you missed that, you can podcast it or, or Roku it or something. However, it helps you to catch up with that message. But now we get her husband, Zechariah. And we're a little out of order as the text goes through Luke chapter 1. But today is the right day to talk about sharing joy. Why? Because tomorrow, First Pres stands to host about 6,000 people for services of worship. It's a feast three times our normal fare. And we hold multiple services of worship to ring in Christmas together. And this is an opportunity that God gives our church that not all churches get, and we don't take it for granted. I know churches that actually shrink for holiday celebrations like this. But God seems to want to use First Pres to reach people at moments like this. He seems to, to entrust thousands of people to this church year after year with their hearts softened by all the nostalgia and sentimentality of family and Christmas. And he gives us an opportunity to share Christ with them. That's an opportunity, friends, that I want to take as seriously as we possibly can. So I'll be primarily speaking tomorrow, day and night and... <laughs> but I'll be primarily speaking tomorrow to people who don't know Jesus in a personal way. 
And I'm going to be trying to do some convincing. I'm going to be trying to, to open the door just a little bit of a crack. I'd like you to pray for that, that the door would open just a crack for people to see the light of Jesus Christ. But listen, for your part, please be inviting. We have... Uh, we, we expect to host around 6,000. We could host 8,000. We could host more than 8,000. So don't stop inviting. We have room. We have space. We want every seat full. And tomorrow could be a night when many come to faith in Christ. Of course, it won't be you or I doing that. That only happens as the Spirit of God moves. But we can play a part. We can play a part if our mouths don't get stuck shut. And if we don't hide in seclusion and hide the things that God is doing in our lives. Zechariah was a priest. He was a part of a, a family of, of priests and was an order of priesthood in the temple in Jerusalem. The priests were separated into divisions for work. You see, the temple in Jerusalem was the center of religious activity. It was the heart of the people's relationship with God. And the main activity in the center of religious activity was sacrifice. So the priests, they, you know, being a priest in the temple was almost like being a butcher when you think about it. The processing of, of sacrificial animals, birds, and, and also grains and incense and all of it. If you read back what they were required to do, all this work, it was nonstop physical work. So the priests were divided into divisions of weekly work. And Zechariah's division was, was called in for his shift. And here he was processing a burnt offering of incense. And we see the people were outside praying and waiting, waiting to see the smoke, waiting to smell the fragrance, waiting to be encouraged that God is still there and still knows them, waiting to be inspired in their relationship with God because of what Zechariah is doing back there behind closed doors. But here's Zechariah, and you know, he's just... He's just trying to make that incense burn in the quiet of that chamber, just knocking that flint. You know, some of you have been behind the scenes in ministry here and there. Sometimes you're just knocking the flint, just trying to make the spark go. And the people are waiting to be inspired. Well, it's in there. It's in that moment, in that private chamber that an angel shows up. And Zechariah is interrupted. Quick side story for you. There's been a full-size cardboard cutout of me floating around the church staff this year. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. It just emerged. And it's popped up here and there and everywhere. And a few weeks ago, someone stuck it in the bathroom in my office. And so <laughs> I came to church on a Sunday morning at about 6.30 a.m., just trying to get ready to take care of you people as a good pastor, you know. And here's this cardboard cutout in my bathroom. It almost made me jump out of my shoes. And I pretended that they didn't get me, but they got me. So don't tell the staff, but they got me. 
Well, that's a little what happened to Zechariah, but it wasn't a cardboard cutout, was it? And so the Bible tells us Zechariah was startled and gripped with fear. Yes, yes. We know Zechariah was a good man because the Bible tells us he was. It says of Elizabeth and Zechariah back up in verse 6 that both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. These were good people, admirable people, but admirable, pe- admirable people don't always, don't always perform admirably. And Zechariah is just a man. He's imperfect. If God is going to use Zechariah, he's going to have to use him as an imperfect man, you see. But God brings his perfect will about even through imperfect people. Do you hear? And that's good news. Gabriel addresses Zechariah. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. I always find myself wanting to insert long pauses whenever Gabriel is talking. You know, don't be afraid. Right. Zechariah, don't be afraid. And then uh, your prayer has been heard. I insert a long pause there. What prayer? You know, wouldn't you be asking which, which prayer produced this experience that I'm, that I'm enjoying right now? What, what was it that I prayed? What prayer could there possibly be that brought us to this moment? Your prayer has been heard. Long, quiet pause. Your wife, long, quiet pause. Elizabeth. Now, maybe that's not a place for a pause. <laughs> oh, yeah, Elizabeth. Oh, yeah, no, not, not a pause there. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. Long pause. See, Zechariah, he was way past the age of childbearing. His wife, Elizabeth, was way past the age of, of childbearing. What, what prayer are we talking about here, Gabriel? I'm guessing he can't even remember the last time he prayed for a child. Those prayers went up a long time ago. Oh, and I remember they were real, they were passionate, they were desperate at the time, but they were long past any hope. You have to wonder, what was the last time Zechariah prayed for a son before Gabriel showed up? Was it 20 years? Was it 30? Your prayers have been answered. How long have you been praying your heart's desire? We never know how or when God will respond to our prayers. But we know he hears us and he loves us. Do not be afraid. Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. Again, he's thinking, listen, we, we sold the car seat. I mean, we... Uh, the. The crib, I can't get that back. This is, you know, I don't understand what you're saying there. Long, quiet pause. <laughs> but yes, your, your wife Elizabeth will bear your son. And you are to call him John. Now that would elicit a long pause. 
You see, Zechariah was a, a noble priestly name. It was kind of a, a pious name. We know of almost 30 people named Zechariah in the Bible. People obviously loved and respected that name. And so the name was a big deal. It was not a small thing. It comes up again. In fact, if you read the account, after the child is born, the people can't believe that they're not naming him Zechariah because you've got your Zechariah and you've got a a son and Zechariah is a wonderful name. So listen now. Another application. When you pray and when God answers in his time, Are you willing to let go of your agenda and trust God in the fulfillment? Well, Gabriel goes on to outline the power and ministry of this child, which is John the Baptist, if, if, we don't, if we don't have that together yet. This is John the Baptist who is going to move out over the landscape like Elijah under the power of the Spirit, setting the path straight to prepare the way for Jesus. But I want to stick with Zechariah this morning. The angel says to Zechariah, he says, he will be a joy and delight to you, verse 14. Long have you prayed, long have you wanted and desired this, long have you given up that God would ever respond at all. Today, Those prayers are being answered, and it will be a joy and a delight to you. But look now, the joy isn't just for one. This is a deeply personal and intimate moment. This is something that that has been prayed and, and has been in the middle of Zechariah and Elizabeth's marriage all of these years. This is something, I think you'd agree, that is between Zechariah and Elizabeth and God and no one else. This is not something for public consumption. And the angel says to Zechariah that in this intimate space, God is going to bless you and it will be a joy and a delight for you. But it will not be a joy just for one. And it will not be a joy just for two. Many will rejoice because of his birth. Joy in God is joy to share. Zechariah, friends, he stumbles on that point right there. Can we, can we spend some time with Zechariah? Can we peer into his psyche just a little bit here? It's just guessing, but it's, it's that biblical imagination that preachers like me like to use, okay? So just imagine who this man is, Zechariah, a respected leader in the closing chapters of his influence. Do you think his reputation meant anything to him? I sit with men older than I and um, to gain wisdom from them. And, and the thing, maybe you've had this experience, the thing that comes up again and again and again is the value of my name. My name. It means more to me. Zechariah was a man interested in his reputation. You bet it matters to him. Do you think Zechariah would want to present half-baked information to the people who follow and, and respect him and are inspired by him, the people who are outside waiting for all of his work before the Lord, the people who follow him and trust him to help them to stay close? to? Do you think he cares about 
going out and presenting half-baked information? Do you think he's worried about his reputation if he went outside and told the crowd he and Elizabeth were expecting? So we get to verse 18. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. Not how can you help me believe this. Not how can I, how can I possibly have faith in the promises of God. Not help me to step forward when I can't get all the information on, on the first instance. What he says to the angel is, how can I be sure? How can I be certain? How can I know and prove and verify what you have said? Listen now, a third point of application. To jump ahead a little bit here with that, some application. Listen, if you are going to be open to talking about Jesus and sharing his joy with others, you are going to have to risk not knowing everything all the time. God will move to answer prayers in His time, in His way. Can you trust what the Lord is doing? Will you adjust your agenda to what God's agenda is? And if you are going to share the joy of what God is doing in your life, you're going to have to risk not knowing everything all the time. So Gabriel shuts his mouth. I mean, his mouth just clamps shut. And he's not going to get a chance to talk about it. I don't know what was going on in his mind. Boy, who knows what Zechariah was already imagining. He might, maybe he was already imagining stepping out to that crowd that was waiting for him and, and telling them about this glorious moment, this famous moment that would punctuate the end of his career as he would walk out there and tell the crowd, guess who I was just spending time with? Just one-on-one, just him and me, you know, back by the altar of incense. We're friends. We're buddies. You know, I guess he saw something in me. Um, I certainly admire him, you know. And his moment of, of prideful fame becomes this moment of humiliating shame. As his mouth is clamped shut, and all he can do is mime and mimic and he can't talk at all. And he and Elizabeth, they hid. For five months, they hid. Him unable to speak, her watching her belly grow, but sweetly she reminded him day after day that God was up to something. Look at verse 24. After this, his, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. But listen, listen to how sweetly she speaks to her husband, who was not a wonderful conversation partner <laughs> during, during this, this part of their, their marriage. But look at how sweetly Elizabeth speaks to him day after day. The Lord has done this for me. The Lord is at work. In these days, he has shown his favor. You see. Friends, Will you share the joy of Christ with someone today? What keeps you from it? 
Are you like Zechariah, worried that your reputation is in jeopardy if you, if you show those around you the joy that you have in Christ? Are you like Elizabeth, shut up in seclusion, hiding from the world, hiding what God is growing, His blessings and His, His, His favor growing in your life? Why? why? Why shut your mouth? Why hide what God is doing? Why? Joy in Christ is joy to share. And I'm going to say this now. It's selfishness that hides the work of God. It's self-interest that, that, that causes the light of, of Christ to be shut up under a basket. It's self-focus that keeps us from opening up. Self-obsession shrinks life. Other focus grows life. That's why we push everyone into life groups. We've got to learn to break out of our isolation and seclusion and touch the lives of those around us and show those around us what's happening inside our own lives. Even if we don't understand it fully or we don't see the, the fullness of it or where it's all going to end, I just want you to see what God is, is doing in my life. I want you to know that God is good and He's been good to me. We should be a people postured to share joy, always ready to share something wonderful about God, just willing, poised to point out the endless horizons of faith in Christ, the open space and the vibrant colors of life in Christ, ready to share the joy of the Lord that we have come to know by grace. That's us. So that's our application point this morning. This is it. You see, it's, it's December 23rd on Sunday morning, and tomorrow is the day to make sure that you've given all the invitations that you want to give. Maybe you're on the edge thinking of some neighbor, some friend, some relative that you've been considering inviting tomorrow. And even me just saying that, you've got a name already on your mind, and you're wondering, is it right? Uh, yeah. Do it. What do you have to lose? Joy in Christ is joy to share. Maybe you're wondering if you're going to push the issue with your, your family. Maybe you are the, the patriarch, the matriarch of the family, and you know that if you didn't push the issue, well, everyone would just, you know, stay at home and watch Elf or watch the Broncos lose or whatever else. <laughs> and, and, and you're thinking, uh, am I really going to push this? Am I going to push this again this year? I'm telling you to push it, Okay. I'm telling you to push in. Why? Because joy in Christ is a joy to share. Don't get dumbstruck. Don't clam up. Don't push in. Share the joy you know in Jesus Christ. Look, why? Because they need it. Even when they tell you they don't. Share the joy, friends, and share the joy as joy. Don't share a guilt trip or a, a burden or a religious obligation. No. Share the joy of what God is doing in your life. And remember, it isn't church they need, it's Jesus they need. Are you with me? 
It's Jesus they need. Don't make it about church. Don't make it about first pres. Show them Jesus. Invite them in one way or another into that back chamber where God surprised you and showed up in your life. Back there next to the altar of the incense. Back in that quiet and private room where God opened your heart and surprised your heart with his presence and his joy. When God showed you things that you never thought were possible. Take them back to the room where Elizabeth is growing in God's blessings and something miraculous is happening in your life. Show them what God is doing. Does that make any sense to you? Do you have some pictures coming in your head? Because I don't know what's happening in your life. I don't know what to tell you to say. All I know is if you're in Christ, then something is going on and God is at work. And I want you to share the joy that you find in Christ. Open up, take the risk, humble yourself, and share Christ. Why? Because the people need it even when they say they don't. Zechariah's mouth, he was, um, for five months, couldn't say a word. And then, uh, you know, John was born, and the people said, why aren't you naming him Zechariah? And he said, no, his name is John. And his mouth opened up. And then what came out, it was a song. Remember, when God's at work, it brings a song. And when we see Zechariah open up his his heart and and he sings this good news, he sings this good news, uh, the the message that he sings is about his son and and what his son's going to do and and how his son is going to have a, a place in this world that's going to share the light and the life of Jesus Christ. And we see in his song, if you look up to verse 76, and it'll come up on the screen, and you're going to talk about this next week as we gather in worship. When we see Zechariah's song, we see exactly what it is that the world needs to hear. Look at this. And you, my child, he sings, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. What does the world need? What do your friends need? What does your neighbor need? What does your relative need who's far from the Lord? Look at this now. Share the joy of Christ, the knowledge of salvation, the forgiveness of sins, the tender mercy of God, a rising sun to shine on those in darkness, freedom from the shadow of death, a path ahead of peace and wholeness and life. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. There isn't a person on this planet who doesn't need that light. Share the joy of Christ. It isn't church they need. It isn't first pres they need. It isn't Pastor Tim they need. It isn't a perfect family Christmas they need. Or a perfect 
picture in front of a perfect tractor. Who needs that? Nobody needs that. They don't need those things. In the end, we share the joy we find in God because it's Jesus they need. It's Jesus they need. I can't live without Him. You can't live without Him. And they can't live without Him. And joy in Christ is joy to share. Let's pray. Lord, this morning, we know that you have chosen in your sovereign grace to work through your children, the people of God. And we are your children today. On this day and this year, so many years after the birth of Jesus, we are the people appointed to stand today and to share the light of Christ. And Lord, we're humbled and we're frightened sometimes. And sometimes we clam up or we hide the glory of your name. But I pray for courage today. Help us, Lord, to share. Help us to share. As we look back on 2018, Lord, the highs and the lows, the trials and the triumphs, I don't know how, Lord, we could have made it without your grace. And that's the joy that you've been with us. That's the joy we have to share. So, Lord, shed your light abroad to the glory of your name as we lift up the birth of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord. In his name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.